the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You see, the way it works is this. If they want to be a leader on behalf of God, operating under God's authority, they've got to press into God. And when a person presses into God, they don't have to act humble. They have no choice but to be made humble because they have sought God. Some might call that coming to the end of yourself, relying entirely on God, looking to Him for decisions, for help, for information regarding your future. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's in the book of John, and he's going to talk more about what we just heard. I hope you can stay with us. This is a daily visit from Church of the Highlands. They're on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. So glad you've joined us today. And here's Pastor Leighton. The Bible says of him, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And in chapter 13 of this gospel, it tells the story of how Jesus voluntarily chose to wash his disciples' feet, a task that only the lowest of slaves would perform. But it was yet another example of Jesus fulfilling his statement that he had not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Verse 19, Has not Moses given you the law, and yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? The crowd answered, you have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Now, the law of Moses was made to reveal sin, not to save us from sin. God is the only one who can save us from our sin through the Savior that he has sent, who we know to be Jesus Christ. But the religious establishment had warped and twisted the law into being taught as a means of salvation. And they refused to be convicted by the fact that they could never keep the law. No matter how much they tried, no matter how much they studied, they could not keep the law. And that's what Jesus said. You don't keep the law. And what was he saying? This is what he was saying. If breaking the law justifies killing, and you're trying to kill me, Why aren't you killing each other? Because none of you keep the law. Why are you trying to kill me? Now, at this point, the crowd breaks in. And they say, you're mad. Who is trying to kill you? Well, the crowd, obviously, at this point, did not know how much the religious leaders hated Jesus. And that there actually was a plot afoot to kill him. And so they thought that he was just paranoid and he was losing it. 
Now, it's interesting here that John notes that Jesus is accused of demon possession. It's interesting that in the Gospel of John, unlike the other Gospels, there's not any specific story of a demon possession, but there are stories of accusations. Verse 21, Jesus answered them, I did one work, and you all marvel at it. Moses gave you circumcision, not that it's from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me because on the Sabbath I made a man's whole body well? Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. And Jesus said, I did one deed and you all marvel. So Jesus is pointing to a specific deed. What deed is he talking about? Well, we don't know expressly because it's not expressly identified for us here. But the scholars believe that the deed that he is referencing is in chapter 5, when Jesus heals the man by the uh, pool of Bethesda on the Sabbath day, where the opposition begins. And part of the reason for believing that is that's the only explicit miracle that's recorded for us in this gospel prior to this chapter right here. It's not that he didn't, Jesus didn't do other miracles in, in Judea and Jer- in Jerusalem, but this is the one that's recorded for us prior to this. And that's why they believe that Jesus here is referring to that particular event at the Pool of Bethesda. Now, that miracle alone should have provided evidence that he was who he claimed to be, but instead of responding to it in that manner, the Jewish religious authorities began hating Jesus and plotting his arrest and killing him. And you may recall from our study of that chapter that when the Jewish religious leaders came to Jesus and confronted him, uh, Jesus did not argue based on the invalidity, invalidity, invalidness of their rules and regulations. Rather, he said, I am equal with God. I have authority over the Sabbath. I'm equal with God. And then he provided evidences, four evidences, uh, to support that. Here in this chapter, he does address the erroneous assumptions that they are making based on their misinterpretation of the law of Moses. He notes here that circumcision didn't come from Moses. It actually came from Abraham. It was introduced at the time of Abraham, which was 400 years before Moses. Moses did codify that in the Mosaic Law. And in the Mosaic Law, there was an injunction against doing any work on the Sabbath, but that did not include circumcision. Um, The Jewish leaders basically redefined work, and you weren't supposed to do anything on the Sabbath unless it was saving somebody's life. But they would perform circumcision on the Sabbath, And circumcision is not required to save somebody's life. So they weren't even consistent in the application of their own rules and regulations. So the absurdity of their accusation against Jesus becomes clear. He says, if a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses will not be broken, are you angry with me that I made an entire man well on the Sabbath? He's arguing from the lesser to the greater. If they themselves broke the law on the Sabbath to circumcise children and thereby make them well or complete, how could they object to him making an entire man complete and well on the Sabbath? So in his argument, he not only exposed their hypocrisy, 
But he also demonstrated that it is permissible to do good on the Sabbath. Now, Moses understood that some things should be done on the Sabbath. But they had misinterpreted what Moses said. And Jesus draws them back to the basic reason for the institution of the Sabbath. And he tells them, you need to see below the surface of things in order to judge fairly. He said, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Righteous means right before God. How do we know that we are performing any judgment righteously? It's because it's in accordance with God's word. And so he's urging his hearers to abandon the teaching that the misteaching, if you will, that they have been given to each other from the religious establishment and get into God's word and to do what it says and listen to what it says. Because if they did that, then they would truly see that he was who he claimed to be. Now, there's a couple of things, at least, that we can take home with us from Jesus' teaching in this passage. There's two things that stand out to me. There might be something else to you. That's the Holy Spirit talking with you. That's good. I had somebody come up to me after a service one time and said, Pastor, I really needed that sermon you preached today. And then they went on to describe a sermon I never preached. <laughs> it's like the Holy Spirit just said, set aside, Pastor, I've got to talk to this person directly. There's a couple of things that stand out to me that we can take home with us uh, from the passage today. One thing, Jesus gave us a couple of characteristics to look for in spotting a fake leader. They're, they have a tendency to be arrogant. There's a spirit of arrogance. And if they're not arrogant, they are proud of being humble. <laughs> you see, the way it works is this. If they want to be a leader on behalf of God, operating under God's authority, they've got to press into God. And when a person presses into God, they are reminded of their sinfulness and their desperate need for God's mercy and salvation. They don't have to act humble. They have no choice but to be made humble because they have sought God. Now, on the other hand, there's not a, something less than humility because in that relationship with God, we're also reminded how much God loves us and what God has done to save us. So it's not like we're valueless, but our value comes from our relationship with God. And there is no room for arrogance. So if somebody has a spirit of arrogance, that's a red flag. Then secondly, many of us have not really developed that close relationship with God because we have not sought him with a whole heart. We've been distracted. We've been half-hearted. And then we get disappointed with God. That's unfair. Because when we gather together week after week, is we're not just here to absorb information. We're here to be transformed by God through the power of his word and his spirit. 
We can't change ourselves. Only God can change us. And God will only change us if we invite him to do so. I want to ask you, would you like to make this the day that you begin to pursue God earnestly with all your heart? Oh, I like the way he puts that, to pursue God earnestly. There is a learning process, a study process, a going deeper process suggested when he says, when you would like to pursue God. Is this the day when you would like to pursue God? You can learn, of course, when you study his word. And if there's any way we can help at Church of the Highlands, that would be a tremendous privilege. You can get in touch with us. Through the website, highlands.us, all of our contact information is right there. That's highlands.us. This is Study Verse by Verse, a broadcast outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, supported by the congregation and listeners like yourself. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you can be back tomorrow as we present the Tuesday edition of Study Verse by Verse.